way. He was in encouragement talking to him this morning. Uh, he's spent some time on our YouTube channels, and that's encouraging. Amen. <clears throat> nice to hear things like that. Um, you know, we can see stats and numbers all day long, uh, and, and that tells us that people are looking at uh, uh, what our media team, I guess, if you will, does. Um, but it's not often seen, you know, or heard verbally or, or in person, you, you don't hear much about that. So I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> um, yeah, the red hollers were a blessing today. Um, I'll, I'll even go back uh, about a month ago, um, we, or three, four weeks ago, we went to take Michelle out to eat, and, and um, we tried to get the red hollers checked, and we, we just totally missed it. I had, had a miscommunication with the w- waitress, and we tried to get their meal, and it didn't work. And today we saw them in there, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a thinker. I'm going to be proactive. And I told the waitress, like, right away, I don't even think they ordered yet. They may have just ordered and didn't get their food. I said, uh, just make sure we get that table's check. We want to pay for it, right? And um, <laughs> so she gave me their check. I got it. I got it this time. I, like, I got it. And um, <laughs> they left first, but what I didn't know was, they paid for our check. <laughs> so they, they, they got, uh, I mean, Ritt Hollers won, uh, Gunther's zero. Except I will say this, ours was about exactly $10 more than y'all's. So amen. <coughs> that was a blessing. And, uh, and on a side note, if anybody ever wants to buy our meal, you're welcome to. Amen. Yeah, that was the moral of the story. Amen. <coughs> you have your Bibles, can we... <coughs> Excuse me, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Excuse me. I don't know where that came from. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. (coughs) That's weird. I haven't coughed all day. That's like, just popped in my throat. This message is really a continuation of Sunday school from a few weeks ago. I said we were going to do it and, amen, we're going to do it. Um, jump right into 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh uh, women professing godliness with good works. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence for Adam was first formed, then Eve. Brother Rob, would you open the service in a word of prayer, sir? Amen. Amen. The modern day culture is so happy to accept any idea that's outside of the Bible, right? <clears throat> that's really, um, <clears throat> that's what the natural man wants to do all day long. And the woke culture, the woke culture, says that they're inclusive to all ideas, but that's just not true. That's a complete farce. They're inclusive to all ideas that are not 
the authority of the Word of God. Um, you'll notice in the public settings, um, you're allowed to pray to Allah. You're allowed to pray to whatever God you choose to, Buddha, whatever. But people are literally told specifically not to pray in Jesus' name. I'm not kidding you. There's stories of this all over the country. You're just not allowed to pray in Jesus' name because that's, that's too exclusive. It's not inclusive because it's a, at the end of the day, it's an authority issue. We don't want to put ourselves under the proper authority. And by the way, the woke culture, that didn't start with whatever movement we want to point to. That didn't start with the hippie movement or whatever, the gender identity crisis that we seem to be seeing nowadays. That, that began with Cain and Abel. It, it really did. It really did. <clears throat> it's never been about an awakening or a cultural appropriation, but rather a rebellion that has been raging since the dawn of man. Amen. That's really what it's all about. We're in a spiritual battle of darkness and light, and I think we forget that because we're so used to living in the symptom and seeing in, in this physical body the, 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 the physical bitterness that people have one towards another or the grumpiness here or the, 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 the whatever over here, the backbiting over here. We, we're used to seeing that. We forget that there's an underlying issue of a spiritual battle. You don't have to turn there, but Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We forget those things. First Second Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's easy to forget that when you get cut off on, on 275, and you're in like, what, the third year of construction? I mean, <laughs> killing me. That's my life's blood up there. Uh, the next verse is, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the point down of strongholds. <clears throat> so we've got to recognize all the time, and I mean even in the church house when there's <clears throat> bickering or, or arguing or whatever the issue is, the underlying issue is spiritual battles. And when we're faced with any question in life, what should be our go-to answer? What does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about it? <clears throat> so here's the question. Number one, can we have women preachers? And boy, this will rub people the wrong way. It really will. Um, but I, I tell you, I have no problem boldly proclaiming the word of God <clears throat> because it is just that. It's not my opinion. It's the word of God. So I'll boldly proclaim it. And I don't have to apologize for it, no matter what the current culture might state. Because I'm sure there's been cultures all through time that Cain might could tell you all about, particularly, that this culture would be very similar. Amen. <clears throat> so here we go. Can we have women preachers? Are you ready for the answer? It is a definite and hard no. And really, we could just end it right there and say, well, Scripture tells us that that's the case. It says, 1 Timothy 2.12, But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. And man, that just, that's like petting a, 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 um, a cat the wrong way. They, they, they hate that, right? And that's not hard to accept unless you're trying to scratch an itch 
that's not coming from the Word of God. And answering the question, really, we could stop there. And, and, and I think for a lot of Christians, that would be it. Well, if the Bible says so, then that's it. If there's one true Word of God that's going to last for generation to generation, to me, I, I, just give me that out of Psalms. Like, that's all I need to know. There's one pure Word of God. That means there's going to be one Word of God, not a bunch of different revisions, one. That's going to stand the test of time, and we have that. That's the way my personal nature is. Like, I don't need an in-depth conversation. You know what? I don't even like um, big conversations. I want to be like, hey, Tony, how you doing? Good. All right. Um, did you need help with that, that fence you build? Nope. All right. Catch you later. Bye. That's how I like it. If Dad says rake the leaves, I'm rake the leaves. I don't need to know why, how much leaves, exactly when. I just, I just go rake the leaves. So when I read this, it's not it's it's it's, it's easy for me. It's it's not a not a question. But knowing and believing isn't enough for the Christian that's walking with Christ and growing in the Lord. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Because we're supposed to know what we believe. Not just because I'm Baptist, or not just because the Bible says so, not just because my pastor says so, or the circle I'm in says so. But we should know. We should know and be able to point to what we believe in. And you say, why well, I forget so easily. Guys, so do I. I'm studied up on this particular message, and I could really talk about this right now. But Brother Riley, if you ask me, why can't women, well, actually, this would be an easy one. Pick another topic. But, but if you ask me something, uh, body, soul, and spirit, you ask me that, I'd be like, man, I preached that a while ago. But uh, let me think about the verses, right? And, and, and I know that's how we are so often. It's easy to forget things. <clears throat> Amen. But we're supposed to know what we believe. First Peter 3.15, you don't have to turn there, but, says, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is within you with meekness and fear. It didn't say it'd be a good idea to. It said we need to. We need to be ready and give an answer. You know what? Our answer could very well be, I don't know right now. <coughs> Let me go study it. That is more respectable than arguing something and not having anything to say. Amen. Jump back to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Notice here that Paul doesn't refer to all culture or what the latest trend is, but Paul literally went back to the Word of God. Paul went back to the beginning of creation to show what the role of a man and a woman is. And, and by the way, and, and I spent 30 minutes in Sunday school, a complete 30 minutes, on the next two sentences I'm about to say. That entire chapter, the 12 or 13 verses leading up to this, what Paul's talking about. It's all talking about, yeah, the whole chapter up to that point. Whole chapter talking about being under the proper authority. Being under the proper authority. Starting up with the kings and he worked his way down. Being under the proper authority. And that's what the context of the scripture is about right here. I know it's going to rub people the wrong way. That's okay. I know I'm going to, woo, I'm going to get hate mail on this one. Amen. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 11. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. <clears throat> but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. 
Why would he say that? Because it's about authority. The next verse, Paul even went on to give the qualifications of a pastor. And Brother Shine hit this really hard a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> says, uh, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop must uh, be blameless, the husband of one wife. Vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. In the entire context of chapter 3, given, given the qualifications of a pastor, it is always referred to as a he. You know, Satan wants to just be anti-everything that God does. That's why he's called Antichrist. It's a, it, it, there's an Antichrist coming, but there's a spirit of Antichrist that's already here. Been here since the fall of man. And she's, then what's Satan want to do? He wants to muddy that up and say, no, 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 there's they's and them's and whatever they want to add to it and what popular month it is. Amen. Turn to 1 Corinthians, please, uh, chapter 14, verse 34. Let's just look at some scripture that backs up what we just read. Um, just to prove that it's not an isolated incident. You know, the, the, the most isolated story in all of the scripture maybe the only one that i know of only one i can think of right now and as smart as i am you think i'd come up with more no but the witch of endor you know th- there's some <laughs> there's some doctrines that come out of that that people can't confirm with other scriptures and so this i mean i'm telling you there's some there's some weirdo doctrines that people get out of that that you cannot confirm because there's nothing in the scripture to confirm it. It's, it's a pretty isolated uh, part of scripture. But people will take pieces of that story that God allowed us to know and just make complete doctrines out of it. I, I, I can't get on board with that. Scripture needs to back up scripture. We can, we can speculate all day long. All day long. But you, you can't preach things that are doctrine that you can't... I mean, ah. Getting on a rabbit trail. Amen. We'll be here all day if I get on rabbit trails. Amen. Where was I? Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 34. It says, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be in your obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for a woman to speak in the church. Man, you, you teach that nowadays. You, you read that verse in the, church, in the modern churches. Not our church. Uh, unless Brother Tony... You're about to leave? Are you offended? Okay, good, good. But you, you say that to, to the modern church, to the modern Christian today, oh my goodness. That the pastor will get up and they'll apologize for a half hour for what they're about to say before they even get to it. It's clearly not talking about just speaking in the church, building of the church house. Clearly, using, using common sense and logic, it's not talking about just literally speaking in church. This is talking about teaching and preaching, amen, over the men, as in basically really talking about being pastors and preachers, amen. So number one, woman preachers, is that allowed biblically? No, it just isn't. We can lovingly say that. Number two, what about Deborah in the book of Judges? Because that's always the first thing uh, a Pentecostal woman would say. Or, I mean, that's just what it is. They'd say, well, 
What about Deborah in the Bible? I've talked to women uh, uh, that claim women that claim to be preachers or pastors, and they'll always say, well, "What about Deborah in the Bible?" We can say, "Man, God bless Deborah. God used her in an awesome way." Because uh, we don't have to be we have to be scared of the Scripture. Amen. <clears throat> First of all, as we turn to Isaiah chapter three verse twelve, which I think we're already there. That's so cool. <clears throat> Just because something happens, does not, that, that doesn't make it the, 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 the norm. It doesn't make it the standard for how we do things. <clears throat> um, if, we, um, if we lie and betray the Lord, should we all just commit suicide by hanging? Right? Uh, should we have 300 wives just because somebody did in the Bible? No. That, 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 that doesn't make it right. Um, if we need to cross a river, this is my favorite one. If we need to cross a river... Brother Jim, should we just go ankle deep and wait for God to part the waters? It happened. We have a, a, a chapter, book, and verse, huh? But no, no, that's, that was, that's not the norm, right? God did something special at that time. Uh, maybe we should hide in the bushes when we want to sneak some fruit, right? That happened. It happened, right? Uh, Maybe we should allow women pastors because one time in the Bible, God used a woman named Deborah. Just because it happened, does that make it the norm? No, no. But, but let's look deeper into Deborah to understand the word of God, not just to cherry pick a few verses to give our doctrine. Amen. <coughs> let's start right here at Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12. It says, as for my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to err, and destroy the way of thy paths. In that verse, who's leading God's people? Women. In the exact same verse, women are leading, uh, women who are in leadership are causing God's people to what? Err. So let's look at Deborah in the Bible just for a moment. Look at Judges chapter 4, verse 4. I am not bashing women this morning. I love women. I married one. I highly recommend it. Where is she? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is my, she's my second wife. My first and my last, hopefully. Amen. Judges chapter 4, verse 4. <clears throat> and Deborah, a prophetess. Amen. A prophetess. She, amen. God used her. The wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel and Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And she sent and called Barak, the son of uh, Benoam, out of Kadesh, Naphtali, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun? Excuse me, don't get bogged down with the words. Give me a moment. And I will draw unto thee to the, to the river Kishon Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, and his chariots with his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. And Barak said unto her, bear with me now, bear with me. And Barak said unto her, if thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And this is the verse I'm trying to get to. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor, for the Lord Shall, shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to uh, Kadesh. 
In this particular time period of the Old Testament, God is punishing his people by putting women in leadership positions, specifically leadership positions that are over men, specifically. You say, well, then why did God use Deborah? Why did God put Deborah in leadership position by God? Why was she put in that position? Because the men wouldn't step up. And God was punishing the people. God basically said, fine then, Deborah will be in charge and it will be to your shame. And you might say, well, Deborah was a good judge. She was a great judge. Amen. Amen. And, 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 and let me be very, very clear. <clears throat> I want to say this concisely. <clears throat> I am sure, so sure that there are many women that could lead a lot better than many men. But God does not want the women to lead because there's a, a role of authority. You remember the children of Israel? They wanted a king, King Saul. And King Saul was a great king for a good while. I don't, I don't, was it a decade? Does anybody know if that? I mean, it was, it was like for years he was a great king until he wasn't. And God warned him. God warned him. Amen. On a side note, Deborah was a judge and a prophetess, not a pastor. Just a side note. There was never a woman pastor in the Bible, not even the Old Testament. So that's, that's its own thing. Number three and the last one, the question is, what about woman empowerment? We have a movement that has infiltrated our society just like many other societies, but it seems heavy now. Even in our churches, it's called feminism. Anything men can do, women can do better, right? And that might even be true on a lot of aspects. But the modern-day feminists claim that they want equal job opportunities, and that sounds great, but that's not true. It's just not true. It's a complete farce. You say, Pastor, that sounds like hate speech. No, no. <clears throat> no women. Women are not lined up to equally be have as many women on the roof, tearing off the roof as men. They don't care about that. They're not worried about... The, 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 the mason crews that are pulling cement all day, they're not worried about equality. No. They're not worried about the bricklayers. You know those, those machines where bricklayers, not machines, but those little tools where they carry like 20 bricks at a time, and it's always like a really buff guy like me that, that carries it? Women are not lined up for those jobs. What jobs are they lined up for? Jobs that are in authority. Jobs that are in authority and power every time. It's not equality in the workplace. Don't listen to that garbage. <coughs> Amen. The implications from a feminist point of view, a modern day feminist, if you will, is that they're somehow less important. No, no, not at all. No, 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 no. Just because they may not have a leadership role uh, as a pastor, or maybe in the job market, for instance, that is not the case at all. 
Romans chapter 2, verse 11, for there is no respect of persons with God. Acts 10, 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive that God has no respect of persons. Galatians 3, 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. Look at this. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. Miss Kathy, God's not saying you're any less important than the pastor. And more importantly than that statement, God's not saying, Pastor Gunther, you're not more important than Miss Kathy or Miss Darla or Miss Rachel. No, it's not. It's not men and women. Stop that. It's not Jew, Gentile. Stop that, that silliness. We're one in Christ. We're one in Christ. When, 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 when we got married, we became one flesh. It's not, that's silliness to say, oh, I'm more important than she is. No, 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 we're one in Christ. Right. One in Christ. Oh, we're separate, but we're equally one. Amen. <coughs> um, all members of the Trinity. Tr- tr- Trinity. <laughs> all members of the Trinity. They're all separate, but equal. All separate, but one. Amen. Uh, different roles, but equals. Jesus, God, yes. Is God the Holy Ghost? Yes. First John 5, 7. <coughs> For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are what? One. one. Didn't say these three are three. Right. These three are one. Separate and equal is okay all day long. Amen. It's biblical. Separate but equal, equal but different roles. Ephesians 5, 31, For this cause shall a man uh, leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Me and Rachel are the same. I'm used to the pointing back there. Miss Aaron thinks it's weird. I keep looking at her. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Noah's like, don't look at me. Amen. <clears throat> Husband and wife are one flesh. What more can you ask of equality? Amen. We're all part of the body of Christ. Many members, but one body. Brother Job, brother Job, man, I can't think. Brother Rob's a hand. Brother Tony's a foot. So? He's not more important than you are. There might be more important than the fingers over here. Not really. We're all, the, we're all one body. Not more important. I, and let me add to this. I cannot stand a pastor that thinks he is somebody else. On the same level, I cannot stand a husband that thinks, I'm the husband, woman, you do what I say. I can't stand it. That is not biblical. He needs to be the head of the home. The wife needs to be under him. The children need to, authority, authority, authority. But I cannot stand when that... That, that, that authority is abused, and of course we see that all the time. And that's where uh, uh, rebellion is so easily watered, you know. Oh, look, they're abusing it, so therefore we have to be against it, right? We're missing the basic principles that God set out for us. Turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. I didn't even know I had this verse in here. Wow, amen. For as many have... Uh, for as many For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members of one another. Amen. When we accept Christ as our personal Savior, which I've so talked about a lot today, we become members of one body. It's not Jew or Greek, man or woman. Stop that. 
we are one in Christ. Amen. It's not black or white. Amen. It's just not. John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Jew and the Gentile, separate but equal. Within the body of Christ, separate but equal. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, separate but equal. Husband and wife, separate but equal. We are equally sinners and we are equally saved. God does not permit women to be pastors. But it doesn't mean that they are any less important or or less equal. They can still be Sunday school teachers, bus drivers, maybe youth leaders. Basically, any ministry of the church, women can be a part of and do and take, take roles in. But God cannot let them be over the authority of a man. And that's what all these scriptures are pointing to. Not the pastor, not preaching. And it doesn't matter if it's Joyce Myers, Paula White, Victoria Osteen. It doesn't matter how good of a teacher they are. And, 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 oh, man. I don't know if I should, I'll get ridiculed for this if I say it wrong. I won't use them as, as an example because they, they, they have so much false teachings. They have so much false teaching. The women I just named uh, don't believe in eternal security. They don't believe that there's a pure word of God, right? Uh, so I won't say this about them. Let me say this. There are so many women teachers that because they don't teach, they hurt the body of Christ. We need more women teachers. I didn't say pastors or preachers, but we need more women teachers. These women that are preachers and pastors, they literally, uh, church, You have to jump over many scriptures that we just went over tonight that say, must be husband and one wife, right? Uh, 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 not to assert the authority over a man. <laughs> that's, some, that's some direct scriptures to jump over, but yet they do. But, you know, it wouldn't be hard for many of them, and I'll say a blanket statement, for many of them, most, maybe all, probably all, I think I could say that, If they're, if they're not going to look at the validity of those scriptures, then they're not going to look at the validity of the scripture as a whole because they're going to pick and choose what they want to believe. That's why they don't believe in the infallibility and the perfect word of God that we have. Amen. It's a message of authority. God is teaching the importance of authority. If the wives would put themselves under the authority of their husbands, it would so encourage the children to follow suit. But the problem is, we have so many men, so many men my mind is flooded with people that are, have problems. <clears throat> I had a, uh, my heart's heavy. I got, I, got, I got too many stories this week to tell. <clears throat> But we have so many men that can't put themselves under the authority of an almighty God. And it messes up the whole system. 
The wife should still put herself under the authority of the husband. But when the husband's not doing right, it's so easy for the wife to be like, I'm not going to be part of that. And I get it. I get it. Um, I use this illustration, and I'm, I'm done. I'm done. But I use this illustration many times. <clears throat> David did mighty things for God, man. Mighty things. But you realize there's a time in history where the people that were under the authority of David um, would have said, no, you're a murderer and an adulterer. I will have no part with you, sir. I'm going to separate ways. They were under the authority of David, but there was a time they had to separate. God knows what he's doing. He knows what's best for us, even though we don't see it. It's like, it's like we know that if we eat our vegetables and we exercise, that we will be happier in life. We know that. But, like, we're all guilty of that. <laughs> like, all of us, right? <laughs> we know that if we just put ourselves under the word of God, we know this. We know this. And we just say, Lord, whatever your will is, I'm going to follow your word in every way. But our flesh gets in the way and we don't. And the more that we don't, the more unhappy we are. But if we really wanted to be happy, we would get ourselves under the proper authority. God works through authority. God blesses through authority. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, God, for your word.